Just a reminder of these holy days of obligation, which in addition to the 52 Sundays, which are kind of like an obligatory moment to go to church or spend time with our Lord, it's like a handful of days. It's today, November 1st. There's another one in a month, December 8th for the Immaculate Conception. And just a few, including Christmas, spread throughout the year. It's meant to be like a minimal of, of love. Like if you love your spouse, your child, you'll spend at least 52 times together during the year. Hopefully, you do a lot more. And it just is a natural thing that you do with each other. You spend time together, you draw close to each other, you listen to each other. You spend time talking about yourself, and you spend time listening to God talk about Himself, revealing Himself to us, revealing who we really are, what He wants to be in this relationship with us. So that's what we mean by Holy Day of Obligation. It's like the Church guiding us to the least we can do in a, a sincere relationship with our Lord. Um, we take time this week to celebrate those who have gone to heaven, the saints, All Saints Day, tomorrow's All Souls Day, and there's several days to focus on just that reality that we are all facing death. We are all facing the reality that this life is passing and that there's more to come. We ponder a little bit the realities of heaven and hell, then purgatory, whatever. We pray for the dead, beginning tomorrow especially, and we intercede for them. So it's a special week. We'll talk more about tomorrow tomorrow, but it's a special week to just realize these, these ultimate truths as we get to the end of the liturgical Catholic year. It ends, and this, well, the new year starts when? When does the new year start? When's our new year? Happy new year is what? First Sunday of Advent. They know everything. Okay, forget. Okay, wait. Yes. The first Sunday of Advent is that, that the beginning of the, the Catholic year. Um, but let's just talk about saints today and we'll move on. Um, I think sometimes when we talk about saints, holiness, it's like we imagine like, oh my gosh, it's for these high up perfect people somewhere that I'm nothing like them and I can never be like them. You know, maybe you have to be like a St. Paul and go through several shipwrecks and stoning and like almost losing your life out of, out of your love for Jesus and that's, that's like the minimal qualification to be a saint. You're like, well, forget it. Or maybe it's like, I don't know, I feel like I need to be like St. Therese or someone else. Like just, you know, everything has to be like so simple and humble and, and I take it on faith and I never question and, and then I'll be a saint. And I'd like to suggest that um, really at the end of the day, and I'm sorry, I was a little distracted. There's, there's light? You think about light? I, got distracted. I was thinking about light all day today. Not really, I was in bed half the day. But I was thinking about light a lot of the day today. Um, the idea that light is white, it's pure, simple. And yet when it goes through a prism, not a prison, but a prism, what happens to it? It's a whole spectrum of the rainbow, right? And if you bear with me, I think a helpful, at least for me, a helpful definition of what it means to be a saint. One who, living true to the woman or man God is creating them to be, allows the divine light of Christ to shine unimpeded through the prism of their humanity, even their broken humanity at times, and transform the world, light up the world. It's like that's, you and I are that prism, that glass piece, and our Lord wants His light to shine through you just as you are, as He's making you to be. The emphasis on unimpeded, because through life we're a little selfish, and that light can be impeded by our sins, our sinfulness, our bad habits. Anybody heard of a grumpy saint? There are no such things as like a, a hateful, angry saint. Like they've worked on their anger and their grumpiness, and they try to get rid of that, because that's really not even them. They work on those little things that, that impede the light of Christ. But it's being true to yourself, the way God's making you to be. And the Christian way, Christ gave us the Beatitudes, this way of Christ. It's reminding us to, yes, blessed are the poor, for example, 
those who are detached from so many luxuries and needy things of the material world that we, I mean, it's there today, but your Xbox is broken tomorrow. Do you really need it? Or do you want to detach your heart from those things? Blessed are the pure, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble who don't need people to think well of them. They're not so needy of people's high opinion. They're free of that. And our Lord's light can shine less impeded through that prism. They're free of so many things. The Christian way challenges us to be free of our sins, detaching our hearts from our sins, the things we struggle with. Our vanities, our anxieties, our need for control, those, all those things that stop the light of Christ from shining through. Think of like Christmas lights, the old string of Christmas lights around the Christmas tree. It used to be that they were great until just one of them goes out, and then the whole line of lights goes out because you didn't allow the light of Christ to shine through and you stopped it from reaching those it needed to reach through you. Allow our Lord's light just, be a, just by being who you are, where you are, to shine unimpeded through your humanity, even through your struggles. I used to commute from Mandeville to New Orleans when I was chaplain at Christian Brothers and one time I had this huge little crack in my windshield. Now the light is really bright through your windshield, you know, especially when you're like six in the morning driving across the causeway. Um, but when there's a crack in your window, it's really bright. And you can't see because it's making this, the light brighter. I think sometimes our brokenness actually allows the light of our Lord to shine more brightly, especially when we bring it to Him. Our struggles that are real. So Christianity gives us this way, Christ, like we talked about previously, sometimes Christ is that coach that does challenges us. He challenges us to be true to ourselves, but to our real selves. Get the laziness out of the picture. Get the pride out of the picture. Let the gifts God has given you flow freely. Form your talents. Form who you are. Christ challenges us as a good coach challenges us. The church challenges us to be the woman or man God is creating us to be and not sell it short, not impede the light from shining through us. We do find a lot of people saying, that Christianity is hard. It's not that Christianity has been tried and found wanting. No, it works. It's been found difficult and often left untried by so many in our world today. But it's really not. It's worth, it is difficult, but our, our, we want that. We need that. We're invited to let the path that Christ marked out for us pull us forward be a sure path for us, one that we know leads to real, genuine happiness and holiness and sanctity. The only real failure in life, the only real sadness in life is not to be a saint, not to be that person you're called to be, to sell yourself short, to let other people influence yourself selling yourself short, to not let our Lord guide you along His way, even the Beatitudes way, the poor in spirit, the pure of heart, the meek, the lowly, those who suffer for their faith, for justice. To let the path of Christ lead us, lest we end up at the end of our lives very disappointed and never became who I was meant to be. I never became a saint. Now, Blessed Mother, and all the saints today intercede for us, they've walked the walk. They know it's challenging, but they know it's ultimately tremendously rewarding from within and from without. May they guide us, pray for us, that we feel them interceding for us throughout our lives. Amen.
Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.